The year is 1890. The place, Boston. An evil force continues to seep into our world, corrupting and conquering all who touch it. Our four brave adventurers have thus far foiled its plans, most recently stopping the Red Death from taking control of Agnes Hahn. But the Red Death remains undaunted. Our four heroes have the evil's full attention, especially Agnes. As Boston descends into panic, can they keep this force from holding illimitable dominion over all? Find out as they face the Red Death. Welcome back to the Red Death. We are joined today by a guest we've had on before. And so our favorite guest, the very wonderful, very funny, very good at tracking, Kristen Devine. Hi, thanks for having me back. I'm so excited to be able to come back as your favorite and only guest. We, and we are very, very happy to have you. So your character, we filled you in a little bit on what, how you're going to get contacted, I think. Um, mm-hmm. And so once we get out of the hospital, move to that at 8 a.m. tomorrow morning. Before the next day, let's flash back to the day before. Charlotte, when you return to your cabin, you find uh, that tablet that O'Neill uses to communicate with you has a message on it. And it says, need tracking help, 8 a.m. tomorrow, office. Okay. Charlotte will definitely oh, plan. Sorry, it ends with a question mark. Oh, okay, okay. Sorry. Then- Yes, uh, I think that Charlotte has recently talked to O'Neill about um, tracking someone for a slightly upper class family in the area. Uh, and so she is a little bit annoyed because that means she has to put on her nicer hat to meet with these people. Um, but she doesn't portray any of that in her message and, and just responds back, uh, see you then. Is there anything you want to narrate taking care of before we smash cut to just before 8 a.m. the next day? I don't think so. It might flash back if it makes sense narratively, but... Go for it. Yeah, we'll just... Um, no, act, no, let's just, let's just go to the next morning. Okay, great. So who arrives first? You or the gang? The gang. Okay. Gang, what time do you get there? At O'Neill's office? Probably you mean what, what time? <clears throat> what time do we all walk in through the doorway holding hands? Yep. <laughs> Stole my joke. Oh, can can you cut that out and insert your own joke there? You'll have. You can spend a better. You can spend a plot twist to do it first. Nope. Do it, Don't have any. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. So, what time do you all get there? Oh, question before we do. Oh yeah. Um, we spent. We do we recover strain from the night day before. How does that happen with uh, the sleeps? Yeah, so strain goes away with sleep, and then conditions are fixed when it's narratively appropriate, right? Okay. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, strain strain drops as soon as there's no longer any stress for a period of time. Got it. I mean, I think unless anybody disagrees, we probably get there, uh, you know, right around eight, or maybe a little bit before if we're going to arrive there before Charlotte. Is Charlotte punctual? Yeah, within five minutes or so. Okay, then we're there 10 minutes early. So as you come in 10 minutes early and take up in his office, he gives you a knowing look uh, and says to you, James, I know this is important to you. Well, I appreciate any any help that you can give us. So, I mean, it is, yeah, it is very important. I mean, to me, uh, personally, but I mean, it's also very important for a lot of reasons. If your mother is findable, Charlotte will find her. And when she's done, maybe she can find a a better, you know, coffee than whatever you're serving here. Because this is garbage, detective. He says, Mr. Sawyer, I see you've helped yourself to coffee. Always glad that we can 
be of service here at the Boston Police Department. Well, it's the least you can do. He says, I assure you, I could probably do a lot less. He takes a sip, makes a real disgusted looking face and says, I doubt that detective. All right, so what are you all going to do for the 15 minutes before Charlotte gets there? Endure bad coffee. Take strain. Take strain. <laughs> <laughs> O'Neill's not a chit-chatty type, so I imagine a lot of silent awkwardness. Okay. I feel like Agnes will try to like make the environment a little bit more social and polite. And I imagine it just fails and it becomes like, it's, we got here early and I'm still tired. So you don't deserve my efforts of trying to make you all get along. So I won't even try. <laughs> I mean, being police detective chief or whatever, I imagine O'Neill has a lot of other things to worry about than us taking up space in his office. Mm -hmm. But I also like to think we don't leave his office either. So I think it, Ignacia is going to find a map and like have it pinned to a wall and she's starting to like try to figure out like what's a couple days right from here and trying to like keeping herself busy by like trying to like string up some theories. Mm -hmm. Oh, can I use can I use a plot twist? <laughs> is sure? it with pins and red string? Yes, so so <laughs> it's a map, but he also has to the to like one side of it on his wall, like a whole bunch of like the what's going on in the town and how to connect the dots like a detective would have. And uh, Sawyer walks over and nudges Ignacia and uh, points at like these, like there's like these, this clipping of a newspaper article of like the tigers, the tiger attacks. And it looks as though like O'Neill has it a little bit wrong because we now know that they're linked to the bonafide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. actually, I think once we say that, I think Ignacia would be like, oh, detective, have you heard of the... What is their name? Oh, they're... Freehill Bonafides. Yeah. She's like, have you have you heard of the Freehill Bonafides before? Actually, you were with us. Mm-hmm. When says, we... Um, a few months ago. He says, yeah, we... Uh, I helped you out of that situation, didn't I? Uh, I mean... She's gonna like nudge Sawyer just a little bit. He spills a little bit of the coffee, and <laughs> as he's cleaning it up, he looks up and he takes the pin... And, a, and, and this red yarn that's attached please, to it. Please don't, Mr. Sawyer, please don't touch that. And he, he moves it from the Tiger's article and he moves the line and pins it right into the Free Hill Bonafide on the map. <laughs> he cocks his head and he says, they're involved? Yes, the ones that attacked the hospital yesterday were some that attacked us before when we went into uh, their base? Stronghold? I don't know the exact term for that environment. Creepy cult dungeon. Or that. Mm. Hmm. They also had a brand on their forearms of... What was it? A flame? Out of character, forgot. Is it a... Yeah, it was a, a flame right near the crook of their fo inner forearm. Yeah. I think she's going to take a TV taper and just sort of draw what she remembered the shape was. He said... Fascinating. Thank, thank you. And if it's okay with everybody, I feel like that's the moment Charlotte walks in. Yeah. Uh, I think Charlotte comes in and just opens the door and is kind of mid-sentence. Um, I think she's probably two minutes late. And so she is apologizing for being late as she opens the office door. And she's expecting a couple that I mentioned that she was working with O'Neill with to help track someone in their family. And so she's very surprised to not see uh, Mr. and Mrs. Williams and instead see this group. So I think she stops. Uh, oh, hello. Starlet, it's good to see you again. Hello. Oh, yes. Very, very nice to see you again, dear. How are you? Well, well, as well as I can be. Just have you heard the news of what's been going on in, in town? Uh, no, I've actually been away just for a, a little bit recently on a on a job. Is, she like looks around the room. Is is everything okay? Yeah, I, that that we're working on. Um, what we need you for, by the way, you remember Agnes, right? Yes. Hello, dear. How are you? You look lovely. Thank you. I 
it's complicated. Things are very stressful these days. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry to hear. Um, I think Charlotte, Charlotte's not around people very often. Um, so I think being caught off guard um, by thinking she's walking into one meeting and it turns out she's walking into another, uh, as well as there being so many people in the room, I think she has a slight nervousness about her. It's very subtle, but just like a slight nervousness about her. Um, I don't think I've had the pleasure of meeting your, your companions here. I think James sticks his hand out and says, well, I'm James, and from what I understand, uh, you're a big reason that I'm not dead out in the forest somewhere. Oh, yes. Uh, James, lovely, lovely to meet you. And who, who is this? Uh, Sawyer has his back to you. He's still staring at the map of all the different locations and clippings and stuff. And he turns around uh, and says, uh, uh, good morning. Uh, thank you again for your help. Uh, we're, we're just in here helping the detective solve his problems. Oh, sure. It's Well, it's glad I could be of service. Uh, if, and she looks at O'Neill. Um, I'm sorry, I was a couple minutes late. Do you want me to wait in the hall until you're done meeting with everyone here, or? He says, no, they're the, they're the ones you're meeting with. Oh. They need some help. I'll, I'll let them explain. Uh, I think, uh, having been more familiar with the ladies, I think Charlotte looks back towards them. Um, how, how can I be of service? We need to find a person. A person who has a lot of friends. Yeah, so this is, um, this will be a difficult person to find. And Agnes kind of looks at James and then looks at Ignacia uh, because this is kind of an awkward thing to talk about, oddly. Um, how does one, what, what is the etiquette for such, such a thing? Um, we need your help finding James's mother. <laughs> and who cares about etiquette after all anyway? I think James clears the throat and says, um, yeah, we, uh, we, we, we do need your help finding my mother. Um, the thing is, is I thought she was dead for the past 10 years or so. So we don't have any real leads other than what appears to be an empty grave. Well, uh, I suppose that is a challenge. I've never had to track someone who wasn't living. Uh, if, um, I'm probably going to need some more information. I think Charlotte takes a seat. Um, oh, you said that you believed that she w was dead. What has changed your mind? Uh, well, I recently he kind of shakes his head. He's like, I recently uh, spoke to her inside someone else's mind. And I think okay. he digs in his pocket and he pulls out the cloth. He says, I, I don't know if it helps, but this this was hers. And what you get is this kind of it's kind of a handkerchief looking. It's not a handkerchief, uh, but it's 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 this, this piece of cloth that was used maybe mm -hmm. as like a placemat on a table. Uh, but it it's dirty from clearly being carried around in James' pocket for the past nine to ten years. Mm -hmm. And he just kind of holds it out to you. Not sure how any of this works, but you know. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think I think Charlotte takes it. Um, <sighs> so if you don't mind me interrupting here, um, and Ignacio's back at the, the map on the wall of like the area, not just of the city, but of the area, uh, from what I've gathered with my insight research observations, I don't know exactly what they call it. Um, I do know that where she's staying is in the, is in a deeply forested area a couple days from here. And then that's where there's like just a big old circle. Like there's Boston, and then just a big old circle around it. This this is all I know. It's she's somewhere here. Well, that is actually very helpful. Considering a few moments ago it was just that she was now living, 
uh, you've managed to narrow it, narrow it down quite a bit. So that's an excellent start. We also think that there's a chance that she might be somewhat staying close to James. I think we had talked about that, right? Uh, I mean, you saw her in your dream when you needed her, or in the, that situation we were in when you needed her. So, I mean, that's basically all I got. Okay. Um, any, anything else that you think that I should know? Um, well, she's stayed hidden because she's some, I don't know the proper term, um, really powerful, I don't know, wizard. I don't know. She's really strong with that magic type stuff. Okay. So we're looking for a strong wizard in a forest. I mean, wizard may not be the right term, but yes. James kind of looks towards Ignacia at wizard. Okay. Wizard. (laughs) (laughs) Doctor wizard. (laughs) Doctor wizard. (laughs) Ignacia del Rio. Doctor wizard. (laughs) Um, I think Ignacia's gonna step in. I've seen her come to me as a black wolf, so I don't know if that'd help with anything. Uh, I could try again to see if I can narrow it down, but I don't know if I have the energy to do so. I think what I received information-wise is the best I can get. Okay. Um, Do you have any reason to believe that she is in danger? Um, I don't think so, because I think that's why she went into hiding, to not be in danger. Okay. So, I mean, by tracking her down, it's very likely we're putting her back in danger, but I mean, at this point, it's something we have to do. Okay. Uh, And is there any place in the area that would be worth of her coming out of hiding to visit any place she may have been recently not that i know of other than um some metaphysical states and those states we will not replicate fair okay um what about not metaphysical and i think she charlotte looks at james is is there any place that was a favorite of your mother's or someplace she would go? Um, hmm, let's see. From, I mean, when I was a kid, she, we spent a lot of time at the library. She liked books, liked to read a lot. So we would spend a lot of weekends there as she just sat and read. She read books to me and she'd, give me books to try to read on my own while she read her own books and other than that at home but I mean we don't live there anymore does anyone live there I'm, I'm sure it was just I mean it was just an apartment here in Boston so I'm sure it's been rented out by this point okay uh, no other loved ones that she would be visiting no, there's there's no one else. No. Okay. Is there anything else Charlotte should know? I guess out of game, real quick. That's all we have. <laughs> <laughs> We're going with what I saw, and that's about that's about it. Okay. Um, Doug, is there anything? I mean, I think it sounds like Charlotte, being a tracker, would probably go to the library first, just to kind of see what she can pick up um but is there anything else with o'neill first that you want to happen no i think o'neill is listening very seriously i think for as standoffish as he can be he he feels for james and he doesn't have he's not going to interrupt this with like oh by the way about the williams case how's that going you know he's yeah yeah 
Okay. So now are you all going to head to the library or the library? I'm just kidding. Oh, oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it was not that library for sure. I assumed, yeah. That library requires Kent to do a lot of editing. <laughs> <laughs> but Charlotte wants to go there. <laughs> Too bad. I'm going to stand by a non-existent plot twist. <laughs> um, yeah, then I, I think that Charlotte suggests starting at the library. I think that she's processing this because it's not a lot to go on and it wasn't what she's expecting. So I think that starting with the library kind of gives them a chance to start right away since it feels urgent, but it allows her time to kind of really think through what she needs to do or wants to do. Also, I think at mention of the library and before we cut to whatever scene we're going to, everybody's head slowly turns towards Sawyer. Yes, yeah, Sawyer, take strain. Thank you. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm actually giving myself a point of strain. I'm not joking. <laughs> okay. He puts down the bad coffee right on O'Neill's papers that are in front of him. I guess we're going to another library. I think on their way out, James will turn to O'Neill and say, I really appreciate it, detective. He nods and he says, I hope she's able to help you. Me too. Then he hurries up and grabs Agnes's hand as the chain is leaving the room before he <laughs> oh, gets left behind. Yeah, I'm sorry, miss. Uh, we hold hands when we walk through doors. <laughs> oh, okay. It's... Ignacio's like, it's a long story. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, to, to each their own. I'm sure there's a very good reason for it. We take a day trip to the library. Wait a second. I'm not a GM. This. <laughs> <laughs> so you take a day trip to the library. <laughs> so the library. Um, I mean, I think it's just yeah, a. You're all creating your own complications now. So I'm, I'm good to just sit back and, and listen. I think, I mean, it's just a basic library. There's nothing special about it other than it was a special. I mean, there could be a special thing that Doug may know, you know that why why james's mother liked to go there a lot but to james it's nothing special it's just a library it's actually i mean it's smaller than he remembers i don't think he's been here since you know he was a kid so i think he's hit with that that quick wave of you know childhood nostalgia of stepping into a place he hadn't been to in years oh wait we're going to the library library like the boston library not yeah. like the actual the library, library. <laughs> <laughs> what i think Ignacy's like Wait, you said we were going to the library. Yeah, uh, this is this is the library my mom used to bring me to. So, oh. James, I will say beyond that, looking at it, you are able to tell it's not just memory. There is something different about the place now. That it's it is smaller. It is less wondrous, and it, it's not just the emotion. You're mother must have done something to make this place seem more enchanted or more incredible than it was to spark your interest in it. Yeah. I think James remembers the bookshelves as being much taller, reaching all the way to the uh, ceilings and, and he kind of at first kind of pushes that off as, you know, just he was smaller remember it but i think the more the longer he's in here the more he's like well maybe it was actually different um i think on the way over there over to the library um i think that charlotte walked with agnes and ignacia and maybe just asked a few more questions if that's okay can we do that mm -hmm. okay. um so i think she just asks is what's the reason for wanting to find your friend's mom after all this time well so you know mm, i don't know if you do know does she know like anything we're doing right now i forgot like <laughs> i don't think so i think it was just a one-off tracking job that the guys went missing right yeah yeah okay oh uh, Sawyer walks in between all of you as you're talking before Ignacia answers and he's trying to catch up with James to give him some company. So he'll, as he's rushing past all of you, he 
he nudges Ignacia and says, secret secrets, Ignacia. And he keeps walking up and catches up with James up ahead out of earshot. <laughs> She's such a bad liar. Oh my God. Why do you do this to her? Well, because so- Sawyer didn't want people telling secrets anymore. He wants everything out in the open. Oh, fair. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I thought he was telling her to keep a secret. Nope. Nope. <laughs> He's, he's, he got frustrated the night before when we were all at the Han residence because everybody was keeping secrets from everybody else. That's right. That's right. That's right. And I think Ignacio just goes deep. Th- Red Death 101, 102, and 103 combined of like the, everything they've done so far. <laughs> so just inhales deeply, takes Charlotte's hand, and she's like, well, let me spin you a tell. And just dives dives into the deep end. And as if for a year, once every other week for an hour, Charlotte was listening to a story. <laughs> she, <laughs> she is now caught up. <laughs> Except for the most recent stuff that is not released <laughs> yet. <laughs> right, Ignacy hasn't moved that into long term memory. Hasn't figured out how to like explain that. It. Yeah, exactly. yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's wow. almost like those memories haven't quite been edited and released yet. <laughs> the raw, the raw, the raw memories. <laughs> well, you all have just been through an awful lot. How are you both holding up? We, well, I won't speak for Ignacia. I, it's a time of many changes. And I think that as a group we are trying to navigate them as gracefully as possible but if I'm being completely honest I do feel a little bit like we are flirting a bit dangerously with what our limits might be yeah I'm also to the point where I I'm not sure what's next with medicine you know there's a process you know they're sick, they get this, they get better. Right now with what we're dealing with, this illness of the world, mm-hmm. we're, we're trying to figure out how to heal it, quote unquote, however. But we don't know what's going to happen once we do find her. And we need her, James's mother, to fight the Red Death. Well, I think you're both very gifted and strong young ladies. It seems like you have very good companions. How are they holding up, uh, Sawyer and uh, James, with everything that's happened? (laughs) We, well, it's better than the average person would, I would say, at least for now. I do fear that the worst may be to come when it comes to seeing what it takes for them to, I don't want to say break, but that is where my thoughts are, are leading me. Uh, This is going to, in particular, for obvious reasons, be especially difficult for James, I think, because, well, (laughs) it's his mother we're talking about and, the amount of danger that we are dealing with on a day-to-day basis is astronomical. It, it must be quite shocking to have just found out that uh, someone you thought had passed was actually alive. I imagine he's going through quite a lot. It would be nice if we could have a longer time to decompress, process things, but as things are, we don't really, we can't afford to take a break. We can't afford to sit and think about what the best decision could possibly be for however long we need. We need to make decisions quickly and then act on them. Well, I think you're quite an impressive group. Well, we're glad to have you with us again. Yes, it's lovely seeing both of you. I wish it was happier circumstances, of course, but Still, I think that if anyone's up for the challenge that you've described, then it's, it's the four of you. Um, I hope that's true. 
And since it seems like you're going in a dangerous situation, just if you'll permit me just one small piece of advice. Um, if you get in danger or, or a difficult situation, please remember eyes, throat, groin. Noted. We walk into the library. <laughs> <laughs> what's what's the equivalent of inspiration in uh in dice up would that just be you get a plot twist (laughs) surges or plot twists are your currency to to reward yeah i'm gonna yeah that's a surge point for you for sure i'm gonna mark that on my sheet so i think james turns to charlotte and it's like um, I mean, this, this is it. I mean, do you need something specifically from me? Uh, I, I don't, I don't know how it works for you. Yeah. Um, is there a favorite, um, area or section uh, that you would frequent when your mother brought you here or when she would come here that you know of? We can start there. Yeah, um, I think he looks around and you know sees that the kind of kids area of the library, more younger skewed books, or where he remember. He's like, you know, we would spend a lot of our time here before she would go off, you know, and do her own thing. Mm-hmm. Are we all together walking through the library? I don't think we have to be. Because you know, I kind of think. So there any doors? I know you're holding hands. Yeah. Uh, so Sawyer doesn't want to go too far into the library. He doesn't have to. He's going to try to sit at some benches out front. Um, but he does. Uh, he does kind of signal to um, Ignacia and Agnes real quick, like when everybody walks in. When at, when uh, James and uh, Charlotte are talking, and he just kind of signals like, and just under his breath, like maybe out of earshot of the other two, he says like, uh, "I didn't want to ask when we were in the." police station, but we can trust her, right? I would say yes, probably beyond most people we've worked with in the past. I just, I know this is sensitive and I don't want James to get hurt. If James gets hurt, I don't think it'll be Charlotte's fault. If I'm being completely honest, I think it is far more likely that one of us will hurt James somehow than Charlotte. Sawyer kind of looks, I know your your words weren't intended, <laughs> directed right at him, but he does struggle with that quite a bit. So he shuts down again a little bit. And Do they allow drinking in this library? They didn't they, at the other one. They probably don't monitor it quite as closely. All right, well... You all know where to find me if you need anything. And he sits down on one of the benches by the front door and pulls out his flask. I turn to Ignacia. Maybe I shouldn't have said that. I mean, you're not wrong, though. Charlotte helped us find them without, without hesitation. So, and, I mean... If I can't be seen by Red Death, and I don't think Sawyer can either, I don't think she will be hurt by the Red Death. So it may it may be coming down to either her lackeys following us, or we're the ones that put her in danger. We're just going to have to be especially careful, I think, right now. Not that we're ever care well, not that you or I are ever careless, let's put it that way. But we might want to be especially cautious. I agree. Also, what? why are we at the library again? I think I missed that part of the conversation. Oh, wait, there is. I thought that was not a character. For no, that was a character. <laughs> she's, she's like, why are we here? <laughs> this, from what I understand, uh, is a place that James associates with his mother, that they, they, sh- they have shared memories here. Right, right now I remember. Okay, all right. Um, I don't think I've ever been in here. Where should we go? Well, it's a massive library. Um, where 
I, I feel like the places that I'm usually drawn to when I enter a library are probably not the places that other people are. I, what do, what do normal people look for when they come to look for books? What I do know, people like to read? I know James is looking probably for centaurs, so we should probably head in that direction. I think this library probably does not have a centaur section, unlike our, our the one that we frequent more often these days. It's probably like mythical creatures area. As the two of you are discussing, out of the corner of your eye, Ignacia, you see Alex. I think she's going to turn and look and just see what he's doing. I don't even know if he's seen her yet. He hasn't. He's sitting at a table reading a book very, very intently. I wish the people that are listening to this could have seen Kent's face on camera as soon as you said that talk. <laughs> It was such a like a like a big brother kind of. <laughs> the libraries in this universe, let me tell you. <laughs> it's like the Match.com of the 1890s. Hey, I I met my wife through a library, so yeah. I got a, I got a rep. Mystery solved. Yep. Who needs a bar when you got a library? Yeah, love it. Um, I think. Ignacy's gonna look at Agnes. She's like, I'll be right back. Do I, if I look, will I see that he hasn't looked oh, yeah, yeah, back yeah. away, right? Okay. I know what's going on, but I won't say anything. I'll just go look at books, which is what you're supposed to do in a library. And I think Ignacy's just gonna grab a random book off of a shelf. I don't, like, she's not even gonna look. Okay. She's gonna just go and sit at just across from at the table. What's the book? I really want to know. I don't know. I want to. I want to use a plot twist. I was to say, I wish I had a plot twist. I, I have one. Kent, brainstorm with me. I don't know what books they would have had back in in this time period, but what's the equivalent of like, like dating for dummies? <laughs> It's probably a book of poems then. Oh, that's so, beautiful. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, so I'm getting rid of the plot twists. <laughs> it's a book about poetry's poetry all about love. Yeah, let's say it's like super dark and moody, like uh, the collected work of John Keats. Is it Edgar Allan Poe? <laughs> <laughs> it could be. Well, it's say uh, I'm going to give you the option. It's either Keats, which is like pre-emo boy emo stuff, or um, or it's Poe the collected poetry of Edgar Allan Poe. Who's just full emo. Who's <laughs> like full emo. He was primo. I think I'm going to go with Keats. I'm going to go with a collection of poems by Keats. Okay. And um, she hasn't even looked at it yet. She doesn't even know what she has in her hands. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's just going to just take the seat right across from him at the table. And okay. just opens it up and starts reading. Yeah, so he's he's like nose in. He's, he's like this. And so doesn't even really see you. You see on the cover that he's reading a book about uh, the history of the Southwest. And I think she she opens up her book and like turns to a random page. Not mm-hmm. even reading it. I don't even know any Keats poems at all. So I don't, I don't know. And um, she's just going to peer over it and look at him and be like, are you finding anything helpful in there? He looks up and... Ignacia, I I was just uh, I thought I I was just doing some. What does it say so far? Uh, all, all sorts of things that a GM who really knew anything about history might know. Um, <laughs> and he talks to you about all sorts of fascinating history of that part of the world from seven. 1990. I don't know. Uh, I'm going to spend a plot twist to get myself out of this. Uh, <laughs> so he, he talks to you about uh, the sort of the, the shifting Southwest border of the U S and how, um, how interesting he finds that. And uh, you know, stuff about uh, regional governance and politics and things like that. And uh, yeah, I don't want to put my foot in my mouth with any Southwest history, which I super don't actually know. 
That's fine. I th- I just I just I think she's just sitting there like book her book just sort of open and she's just like leaning and just listening and just smiling and it's it's cool to hear the for her it's cool to hear the academic perspective of her culture. Mm-hmm. It's fascinating to her because she's like never heard it that way before. Yeah. Yeah, and definitely one of the things that strikes you is that a lot of it is bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, she's like, well, they they tried. (laughs) (laughs) That's the outline, but they colored the sky purple. (laughs) And um, I think once he's done explaining, she's like, well, what do you what do you think of all that? I, I don't I don't know yet. I. And so have you told him that it's not quite accurate? No. Okay. He says, uh, it, it seems like fascinating stuff to study. Uh, I'm not done with the book, but I, I could check it out and then you could borrow it. I know you're not supposed to give your library books to someone else, but I, I know I can trust you. I'd I, love to know what you think of it because you would know better. Well, I wouldn't mind seeing what else they have to say. Because uh, it's been fascinating to hear what's been written down already. So he stands up and he walks around to the seat next to you and he sort of puts the book between the two of you and opens it up so that both of you can see it. And I think she's going to like, like lean like towards him and just sort of like, maybe just bumps her shoulder against his as like, (laughs) as, as they're reading it. And he, he sort of like scooches over at first because he's like, oh, I'm in her space and then leans back in a little bit. No. So I guess we'll cut over to uh, to Charlotte and James, if that works for everybody. Yep. I think we've made our way over to the more kids area. And I think we've just taken a couple seats there, just settled in. Or James has. Yeah. I think Charlotte sits next to James. Okay. So, James, what's similar about this place from before and what's different? So I think the library over the library over the, I don't know, past 10, 15 years, uh, well, actually probably more than that, probably 20, 25 years. Um, I think a lot has changed. I think they have changed out some shelving. I think they've rearranged a little bit, Baker, you know, made room for more books and, you know, and just added, you know, tried to, um, add more classifications, just make things easier to find. But I think the kids section, I mean, I think the seat that James is sitting in is probably the seat his mother sat in. I think there's, you know, a couple seats around it. I think like the kids section has stayed the same. The chairs are the same. The books are on the same place, uh, even though, you know, kids would pick them up and move them. I think he just I mean, it's almost as if he's transported back in time as, you know, he's remembering sitting next to his mother looking across at the shelf in front of him and the books are the exact same place. There's nothing's been added. Nothing's been removed. I mean, like everything's exactly as he remembers it in this, this small section of the library. Yeah. So I think Charlotte, um, kind of walks around just kind of looking at the books. I think you probably get a sense that she's, that she is just trying to get a sense of, where you spent time with your mother, um, which is kind of part of, I think, how her tracking works is just getting kind of a feel for people and for things. And then then she goes over and she sits, she sits close to you. Um, I think she asks you if you're okay. I think James sits there for a moment and just takes it in. And he's like, yeah, you know, I mean, it's weird because you go so long without someone every day it becomes normal that's just them not being there eventually becomes normal. And I haven't given that up yet, strangely enough, I guess, cause I mean, I, I, my last contact with her was in someone else's mind. So 
you know, it's back and forth whether I believe it was actually her or not. Uh, I mean, with Ignacia, you know, it, it seems like she's my mom's really out there, but I haven't, you know, wrapped my arms around her and hugged her or, you know, picked up the, the smell she had. And so it's still, it's, I mean, today is still the same as yesterday. It's just another day without her. So. I imagine this is very hard for you and that you are very angry with her. I am and am not looking forward to it in the same, the, the same exact amount. That makes sense. It seems like a, a shocking piece of information that you have not had a chance to process. Yeah. I'm going to hold off on processing it for a while. Not probably. That's, that's fair. You should take all the time you need. What do you think that you will say to her? Uh, I don't, I mean, I'm like under normal circumstances, I'd want to know why, you know, why she left, why she stayed gone, why she let us believe she was dead, why my dad died and she was out there somewhere. And I mean, but none of this is normal circumstances. So I, I feel like it's got to be, I mean, business. We need her or a lot of people are going to die or get hurt. And so I think, I mean, I think in a sense of a reunion, it's, I mean, the action, I mean, it's going to be business first and see if we make it through that. And then we can, I mean, if she's still around, she may need to disappear. She may actually die. Uh, I mean, just because I'm going to see her again, it doesn't necessarily guarantee that I'm going to get anything I need out of it. What is it that you need? I think I just, I, I just, I need to know why. I mean, if she's this, what I've been led to believe, this big, powerful person in everything, then why she couldn't be that person with us? <sighs> Well, I'm sure that she did it to protect you and your father, but probably mostly you. I think he doesn't say anything to that. I can definitely help you find her, but do you think you're ready for that? I mean, I don't, I don't think it matters at this point if I am or not. I think it's what we have to do. It's, I mean, the options are, you know, her or some other person who has no idea this is going on. So I wish I could have given you more time to process this, but it sounds like there is a lot to do. And I think Charlotte puts a hand on your arm and then she reaches up to her neckline and from underneath her blouse, she pulls out a necklace. And I think that we see that her hands are shaking and that her eyes are kind of filling with tears and she unclasps the necklace. I think James uh, sees, you know, kind of the emotions. I think he just as a comforting motion, like if, you know, if she lets him like just grabs her hand as like a comfort. And I think that you look around and you start to see that the library is changing and it looks more like it did when you were a kid. Everything's getting bigger and a little bit more majestic. And I think when you look down, you see you're holding your mom's hand. So I think James, I think he looks from the hand up and I guess, I think just I mean, you know, he, he planned for, you know, everything he just told you, but it was everything he thought he would say or feel. And it's just gone. And what's there is this just intense love for his mother that, that has been detached from him for so many years, just comes rushing back in. And I mean, I think, I mean, his, his response would be to, you know, hug her 
Um, and I think he, he sees himself as a kid, you know, in this too. You know, if he looks down at himself, he sees himself as that young boy. And so I think it's just, if it was, you know, the camera just sees this young boy hugging his mother, just kind of embracing her. I don't think that she says anything. I think she just hugs you back and cries. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think James says anything either. It's just this silent moment of them together. I'm trying to find uh, Keats. You said John Keats? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's late 1700s, early mm-hmm. 1800s. Okay. I had to double check to make sure. That they were... I also this had to check Poe like, because I wasn't sure. This is like the most mundane episode of Red Death. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to the library. Oh, there's a hottie here. Oh, I'm going to just go over here while you go talk to the hottie. <laughs> Look, we just need, we need our beach stays, okay? Right. We need our beach episodes. <laughs> you knew flirting was going to happen if you stopped at the library. So don't, <laughs> don't try to tell me that this wasn't tacitly requested. I think it's just places of knowledge, the museum. There was a hot mummy. Right. There was a hot I forgot about the hot mummy. <laughs> Oh, my heart. <laughs> sorry, Ken. I'm sorry. Don't be sorry. Oh, man. It's all good. I'm, like, looking at all the windows and, like, Doug, Morgan, Tim, and I are all in the same exact position. Like... <laughs> so much just freak out of that. Just, like, this is how we play Red Death. <laughs> With emotion. 